All of it is supported by Missouri, makers of handcrafted jewelry that's made to last. Looking for the perfect Mother's Day present? Missouri has you covered. Get free shipping on all orders in the U.S. and Canada, plus a two-year warranty. Head to Missouri.com slash all of it or use code all of it for 10% off your first order. That's M-E-J-U-R-I dot com slash all of it. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. This is All of It. I'm Allison Stewart, and we're following up our conversation about Mrs. America and the effort to ratify the ERA with someone who was there. It's another installment of our series, Keeping It 100, looking at women's role in maintaining democracy on this 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment. Hey, you got to keep it 100. Hey, you got to keep it 100. All right. Congresswoman Elizabeth Holtzman of Brooklyn was elected to Congress in 1972. She was 31 years old. At that time, the youngest woman ever elected to Congress. And although she was new to politics, she defeated an 84-year-old man who'd been in office 50 years. Representative Holtzman served on the House Judiciary Committee and became nationally known during the House Watergate hearings. But she was also instrumental in creating a woman's political coalition. She co-founded the Congressional Caucus for Women's Issues, along with a Republican colleague. And when the opposition to the Equal Rights Amendment slowed the ratification process, Holtzman was a leader in the successful push to get an extension. So what was it like in real life to be battling Phyllis Schlafly and the Stop ERA movement? Elizabeth Holtzman joins me now. Thank you for making time for us today, Congresswoman. Thank you very much for having me. When the Congress passed the ERA in 1972, it was quickly ratified by almost two dozen states on its way to the needed 38. How confident were you at that time that it would become law? Well, I wasn't in Congress in 72 when the Equal Rights Amendment was adopted by the House and the Senate and sent to the states for ratification. By uh, the late 70s, um, it seemed almost incredible that it wouldn't pass. And that's why we passed an extension with a deadline on it, I guess that probably was a mistake, but we extended it for another three years. It was inconceivable to us that the American people would not support equality for women. That seemed to be such a fundamental premise, such a fundamental principle, such a bedrock idea going into the basic uh, under underpinnings of the Bill of Rights and the 14th Amendment, even though it didn't include women, but the idea of equality, that all people are created equal. The, the fact that that could be rejected in 1978 hmm. or before 1981 or two or three was just inconceivable to us. And the thing that's really interesting about this is we talk about the partisanship today and the divided country and the right and the left. What's really interesting is that Every single congresswoman in Congress in 1978, when the, when the extension was passed, supported it. Left, right, up, down, <laughs> backward, <laughs> forward. You know, whatever side of the political spectrum they were on, they supported it. Why? Because these were women who got elected to Congress. They understood the importance of the empowerment of women, whether it was for conservative ideas or whether it was for liberal ideas. So 
every single congresswoman congresswoman was for it. And that made a huge impression on the rest of the Congress. That's how we were able to get it through. They said, well, you know, all of them are for it. I mean, this must be okay. So we had uh, really a substantial amount of support in the House and the Senate to get it through. And that also made me think and many, many people at the time think that this was going to be a breeze, that we would just get it through. And then we came up against this, I would say, stone wall. We outwitted them in the House and the Senate. We were able to defeat them. But who are these people? How could you be against equality for more than half of the population of the United States? It's not. And it was equality under the law. Why would you keep us out of the Constitution? And it, the whole effort was, it was almost incomprehensible. Why were they doing this? Who were they speaking for? What was this about? But uh, nonetheless, we were able to um, to whip them, whoop them <laughs> uh, in the House and the Senate. Uh, we had to do a lot of grassroots lobbying, and we had to do a lot of uh, very uh, smart lobbying. But you know, when you have all the congresswomen on your congresswomen on your side, and they're pretty smart, and they're Republicans and Democrats, and we're all working on this together. We were able to win there, but we weren't able to get ratification in the states. In part, it may have been because of the uh, Phyllis Schlafly effort, but in part, there were other—I mean, there were other agendas. For example, in Illinois, uh, there were three state representatives who um, had another agenda, and they were trying to bargain uh, for their votes on the Equal Rights Amendment for something else, and that just never worked out, and it stalled it, and Illinois stopped it. So I don't know, I can't tell you for sure what impact the Phyllis Schlafly right-wing effort was, uh, how important and how effective it was in terms of stopping it, whether that was the key in every state. I know it wasn't in at least one state, but I do think that to us at that time, they were out there, but who were they? Why were they doing this? And how would you stop equality under and how would you uh, authorize the, uh, treating women as inferior and lesser uh, human beings under under the law in the United States? So it was incomprehensible, but we did what we had to do. Unfortunately, um, the, that movement, uh, other movements, uh, other agendas, uh, put the women's um, put women's equality uh, on the back burner. Ms. Olsman, when did you first hear of Phyllis Schlafly, and what was your first impression when you realized who she was and what she was about? Well, I don't remember my first when I first heard her about her, but I do remember before it was the House Judiciary Committee. I remember very vividly because. Uh, Congresswoman Pat Schroeder from mm-hmm. Colorado, who didn't serve on the Judiciary Committee at that time, was invited to participate, as were other congresswomen. And uh, I, my impression about Phyllis Schlafly was I was aghast. I'd never heard anybody tell more lies in a shorter space of time wow. with total equanimity. I mean, this was fake news. That's kind of when it started. I mean, they were conservative Republicans in Congress, but generally they told the truth. You disagreed about policy, but 
And we're losing you on the phone for, Safe. let me see. Lying. There you go. And, and, and Ms. Holmes, we mind repeating that last sentence. We lost you on, you know, cell phones are a little wonky these days. Yeah, sorry. That's um, all right. It, uh, what I was trying to say was the total fake face and the total... She just... I, uh, unfortunately anything like that before. You just never encounter someone who could just <laughs> say things like that. My guess is Elizabeth Holtzman. We're talking a little bit about the ERA. She was there when she helped write the bill that helped extend the deadline. Uh, for you, you know, it's, we were talking with the actors and the writers of this this fabulous nine-part series, which uh, it's really great, about Phyllis Schlafly, about the ERA, about Betty Friedan, and Bella Ubzig, and Shirley Chisholm. They all play such important roles. Um, and in the series, it's very interesting. It suddenly becomes clear that Schlafly and her, and her followers have some sort of power. Like they're just not, you know, women in the Midwest sending out mimeographs. Do you have a, a, any recollection of a moment you thought like mm, they might they might have some sort of power? Was there a conversation you had with someone or a moment? Well, there's no question that they were organizing against us, so they had some clout. We understood that. I think it was really at the outset of their effort, so I don't think I and probably I don't think a lot of other people really understood the level of support there was, primarily they were a wedge issue into uh, extreme right wing, but... um, I, I think I wouldn't say that I thought they had real power. I thought it was like a flash in the pan. I didn't think that they were really reflected America. I didn't understand that America would be for denying more than half its population equality. That was not the America I believed in or knew or had confidence in or had faith about. So they were not, to me, representative of America. They just seemed to be outliers. But it turned out, for various reasons, that they helped to advance an extreme conservative agenda for this country, and we're still suffering from it today. That was going to be my point. Schlafly allied herself with some politically active Christian conservatives. Had you seen that tactic before? No. I mean, this was really brand new, I think. I mean, I didn't know about it. I didn't, I don't know that anybody in our coalition really understood what we were confronting. We were surprised by it, Uh, frankly, very surprised, and particularly because there were women leading that, But um, and Phyllis Schlafly. But, you know, we did what we had to do, and we were able to get this, despite her Mm -hmm. huge efforts, we were able to get the votes we needed in the House and Senate to get the ratification deadline extended. We were able to do that. They fought, and they lost that battle. Then they went on to the states and tried that again, and then they went on to stop equal rights amendments in the various states, including in New York State. Um, So they they spread a lot of evil, a lot of misinformation. They fought against the basic premise of this country, which is equality of people under the law and opportunity for all people under the law. And that's what they were fighting, and it was astonishing to us that they could succeed for such a long time, even to today. In hindsight, was there something that pro-ERA activists might have done differently? 
Well, I think when we extended the ratification deadline, we should have just removed the deadline that occurred to us at that mm-hmm. time. That that was not that that was going to be an issue because when we extended the ratification deadline, we just thought, oh, this is just going to sail through, and we were wrong. So therefore, we should have simply removed the deadline and said, you know, as long as this takes, we're going to be fighting because you're not going to stop more than half the population forever. At some point, women will have full equality under law in this country. Despite Phyllis Schlafly and despite all of her adherents and despite Donald Trump and despite all of the lunatics who want to oppose basic equality, we are going to get it. It's as Martin Luther King said, how much longer? Not much longer. We will get it. My guest is Elizabeth Holtzman, former congresswoman from Brooklyn. Uh, we have only a few more minutes with you, and I do want to get your, your thoughts on this. We know there's an active effort to get the ERA ratified. Even to this day, in January, Virginia's legislature voted to approve it, making 38 states the number required, but past the expiration date. Uh, what do you think is going to happen? Well, uh, I'm hoping that... Well, this administration has already come out. (laughs) Before Mm -hmm. the ink was dried on the passage of that legislation in Virginia, the Department of Justice already had its printed uh, opinion saying that that wasn't going to work. We may have to wait till after this administration, but once we get a president in office and and a Congress and Senate that support equality of women under law, we will have the Equal Rights Amendment. I am very optimistic now that more people understand this, the role of women in society is, and, and the power that they're entitled to and the quality that they're entitled to and the opportunity they're entitled to is much more understood today than it was before. I mean, there's still a lot of bigotry and still a lot of prejudice, but I think we can overcome it. I, we already have 38 states. In my opinion, the Equal Rights Amendment has been ratified. Of course, the courts are another story. We'll see how open they are to women's equality. Talking politics today, how are you feeling about that the women who are running for the Democratic nomination were out of the race relatively quickly? Well, that's one way to look at it. You know, is the cup ha- is the glass half full or is it <laughs> half empty? I think the great thing is that we had a number of highly qualified women. Mm-hmm. All of, I mean, three of them were totally qualified to be president of the United States. Kamala Harris. Elizabeth Warren, Amy Klobuchar, that's the good news. So, yes, and the president and Vice President Biden has said he's going to pick a woman as his vice president. So, I think we're moving the ball to the other end zone. I think we are we are going to see a woman president of the United States. Maybe not, I mean, maybe even in my lifetime. Before I let you go, do you have any thoughts for our listenership here in the New York City area as we're all going through social isolation and hashtag stay home? This is a tragic time. We shouldn't have been in this situation. We had a president and administration that were turning their backs on the facts, on the news, mm-hmm. a little bit like Phyllis Schlafly, lying to the American people, deceiving the American people. But... You know, so we all have to pay a terrible price. We'll get through this. I grieve for the families and their loss. I yes. grieve for all the people that are scared, as I am. But I think what this should do is embolden us. So, 
Uh, Congresswoman, we're going to have to leave it there. Your phone is cutting out. Thank you so much to Elizabeth Holtzman, former congresswoman. Really appreciate your time, Congresswoman. All of it is supported by Missouri, makers of handcrafted, ethically sourced jewelry for every day that's made to last. Looking for the perfect Mother's Day present? Missouri has taken the guesswork out of gifting, offering everything from dainty 14K solid gold pieces to pearls, diamonds, gemstones, and more. Make it personal with an engraving, or if you can't decide, check out their curated gift guide. Let them take care of the rest, gift wrapping included. Get free shipping on all orders in the U.S. and Canada, plus easy returns and a two-year warranty. Head to Missouri.com slash all of it or use code all of it for 10% off your first order. That's M-E-J-U-R-I dot com slash all of it.